This is May 4th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. I cannot believe it's May. I cannot believe it's freaking May. I am stunned. Uh, usually, obviously, it would be playoff time, but this year, uh, it is not, unfortunately. But playoffs are on the corner. Playoffs are upcoming. And in this episode, Connor Ryan, who rejoined the show, I gave him the, you know, the week off last week. His voice sounded as, as good as it ever has. I would say the best it ever has, his voice this week. Cause I gave him last week off load management. Uh, he, we discussed the future David Krejci. The guy's killing it right now. And he probably wasn't supposed to come back this next year, but things seem to be changing now. So we discussed the future of him. We discussed future Taylor Hall to Rask. We also discussed whether or not they should rest guys for the playoffs. Kind of like I rested Connor last week. Should Bergeron be rested? Should Marshan, Pasternak, Krejci? Anybody who's rested, who, you know, when they, if and when they clinch, which they will, but when they do, whether that's, whether that was last night, because this is recorded Mondays, or if it's later in the week. Uh, also, I hope you guys are enjoying the new intro song. I haven't even mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned it on Twitter and people gave their, uh, insight onto what they thought it should be. Um, some said Barbie girl. Uh, there were a lot of different ones though. There were a lot of different, uh, good picks too. There were really good picks. Um, and I did look through all of them, but obviously I chose Bubba O'Reilly, one of my favorite songs ever. Had to choose it. I have to enjoy the song too. Um, but I, it's different. I knew I, the old intro song was actually not mine. I, that was like, I had to, I had to use that one. That's why I, I didn't like it. I really didn't. Uh, I didn't like the old intro song. Uh, so that's why I love, I love this one because I get to just kind of be creative with it in a way. You know, I get to fade it out when I want to and, and put it at different parts of the song. So. Hope you guys are enjoying the new intro song. Um, and yeah, so that is today's episode. I hope you guys really enjoy it. Before we get to it, though, Bet Online is still the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. Uh-huh. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Imagine it, and I bet you can bet on it over at Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, promo code CLNS50 to get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, you're online. Sportsbook experts and Brock Holt this week by the uh, last weekend absolutely killed the Red Sox. Maybe you want to bet on the Rangers. Maybe you want to bet on Brock Holt for MVP. Now it's time to go do that. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing swell. How you doing? Good. Good to have you back. I gave you the week off. I know. I know. I let you had to rest the vocal cords. So I'm going to get ready for the playoffs. So 
Yeah, it was like uh, we'll get into Bruins resting people for playoffs, but it was kind of like you, you know, you got to re- th- that that mix of Fergie and Jesus and those vocal cords. You know, it's going to last but, if you just keep talking. It's load management as the as the NBA and I think the NHL has now adopted. We'll, we'll use that term for for taking the week off. So, got to manage the minutes, right? Oh yeah, and it also last week might have been a bad matchup. Bad, bad yeah, matchup for you. Might have yeah, been a bad yeah. matchup. You and end of April's don't always mix. So yeah, kind of like you know we gotta we gotta I gotta put you in the right position to succeed, Ju- yeah, and that's, manage. That's all that matters. That's yeah. all that matters. That's all that matters. Also, I'm I'm like this is recording on a Monday, so by the time you hear this, I will be fully vaccinated. But I do get fully vaccinated in about t minus less than two hours. So go me. I will be congratulations. Uh, don't will, can't can't stop me. I will be getting the second shot on Tuesday, so I go. will be right there with you. As people listen to this, you will be getting vaccinated. So yes. luck, lucky us. Um, hopefully you all can go get vaccinated as soon as you possibly can. So we can all get back to doing normal things in a normal summer, which just feels like it's like the Red Sox played the Rangers uh, mm-hmm. this past weekend. And I, I, and looking at the crowd, it was just like, wow, there's no COVID over there, is there? There's, yeah, there's, apparently, there's, apparently not. <laughs> Congratulations to Texas for being would, ahead of the curve, I guess. I was stunned, but it is weird to see people just kind of like chilling. It's like, damn. And I, and selfishly, I'm like, I want to, I want that. <laughs> That's what I want. We yeah. all want it. Um, but yeah, they seem to be, uh, they seem to be just rolling along down there in Texas. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's Texas. They they do their own thing. Um, so Bruins, things are going well. Things are going very well, especially. For one man, there is one man on the Bruins. I mean, there's many who are doing very well, but there's one who has seen an enormous jump in points. So we've been talking about it for weeks now. It's David Krejci. Now, in his last 11 games, he has 14 points, six goals, uh, eight assists, which is ridiculous. Like, this is one of the, the – I, I, this is as good as Krejci has looked since the Nathan Horton, Milan Lucic. Yeah. Like, he, he is on another level of good. And we know he has this, but it's – comes down to playing with competent wingers, which he has not been doing for the past like six, seven years, which begs the question in any other year, this would be amazing. Oh my God. David Krejci finally found his left wing. He's got his right wing. This is set up for long-term success. And the truth is, is it because David Krejci's 35 and a pending UFA Taylor Hall's a pending UFA. So we'll start with Krejci. And I think heading into this year, it was really a big question of whether or not he'd be, we, we kind of thought this would probably be his last year. Uh, I remember after the last year's playoffs, he kind of in his post game presser after the final game had said to everybody, it's kind of finally hitting me that this is, you know, we don't have many kicks at the can left. Mm-hmm. And then going into this year, you know, what the money coil was making with Sednika playing a increased role to start the season. It was pretty obvious that Krejci probably wasn't going to come back uh, for next season, but now he's producing incredibly. He looks like playoff crutch. And technically it is play. I mean, yeah, he's, he's right on schedule. It, it is May. So I, I think he's right on, So if the Bruins get to like Stanley Cup final in July, it might be like some of vacation crutch. So like that could be bad. So hopefully he's able to carry it going a little bit longer. Yeah. So they're hoping that that continues. But now with everything changed, Coyle's not producing at the level he should. Stanika can't even crack the lineup. Krejci is producing insanely. How do you bring him back? Do they bring him back? I mean, I think you have to at this point. I, I think you look at uh, the other options, as you said. I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of kind of forecasting what 
probably the Bruins and a lot of us thought the center position was going to be after this year where, all right, you know, David Krejci is still going to be David Krejci this year. He's still going to have, you know, play at a 40, 50 point pace over a full season, still be good, still drag along whoever, whatever wings he's got. But you have Charlie Coyle, who's getting paid like a, a top six guy. Uh, you expect him to make that jump up. You expect Jackson Nika to really uh, crack through and, uh, you know, there's people who thought he was going to be up like the Calder or what have you, or at the very least be a guy that was going to flash a lot of promise that you could see him getting a full-time job next year. Um, obviously that has not panned out in either regard for both Coyle and Sidnika. So I think you look at this team and it, it's tough to kind of forecast years from now what to expect from this team, but you look at the way they're playing right now and the pieces they have in place. It's not out of their own possibility to think that if you sign Krejci and, and Hall again and get a lot of these pieces back, you could run it back with the same group for another year or, or two even and still be a pretty viable contender just the way they're playing. Um, so I, I think that's the only option that Bruins really have at this point is bringing back David Krejci. Now, granted, I think you need Hall back with him. I don't think you're signing Krejci and then having him drag another line that has guys that are you know, at this point, third and fourth liners, like Nick Ritchie's on the third line, fitting in well, but on the third line, and Jake DeBrusque's the fourth line, kind of straight line, north-south guy. So if you get Krejci back with Hall, um, I still think you've got a really good line there. you got Craig Smith already under contract for a few years. Um, and it's not like David Krejci's a guy that you always have to be worried about injuries, but he's not a guy that you look at his skill set, and it's something that's going to decline with age, really, right? He's a doesn't really rely on speed anyway. You know, he's more of just uh, so good with reading the ice and a good playmaker that I'm not saying he's going to be playing at an 80-point pace, you know, when he's 37, but he'd still be a, a gifted playmaker, a guy that can dictate the pace at an older age. So I think that's really the only option the Bruins have at this point. And, I mean, they've got the money for it. It's not like we're looking at this situation where, yeah, it's all going to depend on how much him and Hall and, like, Rask want. But you've got the money. You've got about $32 million in cap space. So it's all about just – I think the tougher decision is not the financial part of it. It's just the Bruins mapping out what the next two, three years are going to be because I think probably the best bet now is running it back. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. And I also think when you look at the free agent centers, I have them right here in front of me. Yeah. None stand out as ones you'd want more than Krejci uh, yeah. or ones that are going to make uh, less and give you more value. Like, you know, uh, I'm looking at it right now. And like Ryan Nugent Hopkins is 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's 28. He's going to probably do He's making 6 million now. I would imagine he'll come in around that. Yeah. Um, and so Krejci, I think honestly, if you could get him at two years, 5 million or one year, 5 million, mm-hmm. that's a pretty damn good deal for David Krejci, 5 million. I think that's good. And with this, and, and it's tough because again, he'll play a bigger role than Coyle, but Coyle also signed his deal before the pandemic. Coyle signed yeah, his deal with the assumption that the cap would go up. So, I mean, if there were, if there was no pandemic and the cap was going to be, you know, 85 million next year, or it was already 85 and then it was, you know, close to you know, 87 the next year, Krejci could make more than that. Like I think, you know, Krejci would make more than that. The market would be up, uh, but it's not. So there's no one else I look at as a free agent center uh, for this year. I mean, you know, there's Philip Deneau, but like, is that really, yeah. you're not going to really get him that, you know, Marshall's going to keep hold on him. So I, I don't there's nobody else that I think you want. And I also don't think there's anyone else on your, I mean, do you feel comfortable going into next year with Bergeron as your number one and then Coyle as your number two? No, you don't. Because every time Coyle was up there on the top six this year, it really hasn't worked out that well. 
Um, and I, I don't think he has shown, you know, again, we've said all year, it's his audition to be, you know, the number two center was this year. You know, we thought that would be kind of it. Well, let's see what he's got. And none of that's happened. Um, I also think the other thing, the interesting part is with a guy like Taylor Hall and DJ brought this up last week and I thought it was a good point. If you're Taylor Hall and you want to sign somewhere long term where you're going to be a winner, mm-hmm. is this it? Like if, if Krejci leaves, if David Krejci leaves mm-hmm. and the Bruins say, we're going to sign you for six years, uh, 39 million and your center is going to be Charlie Coyle. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be all too pleased about that? I mean, nothing against Coyle. Yeah. But are you going to be dying at the chance to play with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith? I mean, that's a glorified third line. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, as I think DJ said, it's, I think you're looking at the best, you have to find the best situation if you're Taylor Hall. We're also still getting paid. Like, I think he's still going to get, I don't know, five, five and a half, six million probably annually. But you look at what David Krejci brings you, it, it gives you the best of both worlds in that he's going to be here. He'd be a top six forward over a full season. If they play like this, like Taylor Hall could be a 30 goal, 60 point guy at the minimum, right? Like the way not, I'm on a temper expectations because let's say they run it back next year. I hope people don't think it's going to be like, you know, Neely Oates and like you're going to have this line like lighting the world on fire, but it's still going to be a very good effective line. Um, but you have him back with Krejci. You're going to be producing points. You're going to be on a winning team. You're again, once again, not going to be the guy. I mean, he's still the fourth, fifth best player on the team. Uh, so it's still it makes plenty of sense. It's a great situation for him. So, but I think that's going to be the key though. If you're signing Krejci, you need Hall back. You can't go back to another, what poor David Krejci has been subjected to for years now, which is just driving a line without the proper firepower. Yeah. And I also, the other thing to think about is where Rask fits in this. Yeah. Like I think Tuka Rask ultimately um, you know, he's been looking great and Swayman looks amazing and he looks like the guy of the future, but you also have to temper expectations because he's goalie. Like the, that stuff can just, that shit can hit the fan quick. Um, so I do think that, uh, you do have to bring Rask back. I, I, I think that a year, two years, I think if you can get Rask on a two year deal, I think that is most ideal. If you can get him at two years, a little over maybe five per, I think then you, then you have something. Um, and I, I find this interesting because, uh, I think, I think most people are on board with this and I think Halak is obviously the odd man out. We've all said this. He'll probably walk at the end of the season and, and go play somewhere else. He's still got gas in the tank, you know, not worried about Halak finding a place to play. Um, but Fluto mentioned this on Monday morning and he writes, he wrote about a lot of this stuff and he said for both cap and hockey purposes, the Bruins would have a, would have to consider trading Jake DeBrusque. And when you really think about it, when you really sit down and crunch the numbers and put down people in lines, you got Marshan on the first line, you got Hall on the second line, you got Nick Ritchie on the third line, and you probably have Trent Frederick on the fourth line or Sean Corrali if you resign him, but we'll see if that actually happens. But Trent Frederick on the fourth line is the left winger. DeBrusque is the odd man out. DeBrusque is the odd man out. And he's carrying a sizable cap hit. I think it's just over three per year. Mm-hmm. Um, DeBrusque is making. So remember, we all thought that was such a good value deal. And maybe it still is. Who knows? But you might have to trade him you, to, to free up cap because you also, you also have other pieces you have to sign. You have RFAs. You have Nick Ritchie. You have Brandon Carlo. You have uh, Andre Kasha. Mike you have Trent Frederick. Mike Riley's Mike another Riley. one. Yeah. Mike Riley might have priced himself out. Mike Riley's making a pretty damn good case to make a lot more money this offseason. Yep. And that might be a guy who's out of your price range. 
um, which I still would like them to resign him. Right. So if you have to try, I mean, do you trade DeBrusque in this situation? I know we both were a little hesitant on pulling the trigger at this deadline. Should the Bruins pull the trigger in the off season to save other pieces? Uh, I think certainly probably the writings on the wall. If you just look at the the cap uh, situation and where they can best utilize it, because um, uh, again, I don't think he's got a spot here unless, you know, maybe Richie walks and then they, they envisioned DeBrusque the third line winger, but I think it all is going to depend on what kind of return they could get for him. Like if they use him in a package deal to get a, a replacement for Riley and get a cost controlled top four D then I think they would make that move. Cause that that's, you know, addressing an area of need uh, while giving up a, a guy who's not really has a set role in the lineup. So I think that could be a situation where they move him. I don't think they're going to move him just for the sake of like a cap dump. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think you, you do that or you expose him to Seattle just for the sake of getting that money off the books, just because he still has value. Like again, we, we, I think we talk about this every single time. Like <laughs> it's what he's, he's still a guy they don't want to like keep out of the lineup, but they don't want to just pot ways with because they still think he's got talent and he does. But you just look at the, the composition of this roster. If you have David Krejci and Taylor Hallback. Something's got to give, right? And so, uh, again, I think it's all going to depend on what the return could be, and it depends on what his value is. Like, maybe he catches fire in the postseason again, and then his stock goes right back up. So, and then the Bruins have to assess then, you know, is he our third-line winger and we keep him there, or is it do we go move him for – I I can't even speculate on what a defenseman was. But, like, last year, you know, there was all the talk of, like, uh, like Hannafin or one of these guys. And I, I'm not saying – DeBrus Canifin would be a swap, but like a guy like that who is uh, another young cost-controlled guy who you could package DeBrusque and a couple other guys together. Like I could see that being the case. Yeah, and that's kind of what we saw with this uh, with this tra- trade deadline. We thought that, I mean, like it's funny in the offseason, you could have traded DeBrusque for Ekholm straight up, maybe with a piece added, but like you would have, that that could have been more realistic. DeBrusque wouldn't have to be a package deal. He'd kind of be a one-for-one kind of guy. Now that's changed completely. I also think what a situation it would be if he ended up lighting up the playoffs, because then it would feed into the narrative that his, his camp is consistently pushed. It's like he's clutch. Jake DeBrusque yeah. is clutch. And that's sort of been what gets him the money every time. Um, and again, like his cap, it's 3.675. You know, if he's stockpiled on the third line or even the fourth line next year, and he's a fringe lineup guy, you know, he's not going to be producing at that money level. You know, you're not going to be getting the, you know, you, you signed him as a second line guy. Like, I don't think the Bruins signed him or re-signed him. I mean, they had to because he was an RFA, but I don't think they re-signed him to be a third liner, you know? No. So, you know, do you want to put that money into your third line uh, with a guy who you who's just kind of missing expectations completely? So that'll be an interesting thing. I mean, do they have to trade DeBrusque? I think that's something that, you know, and you're going to, by the way, you're going to hear a billion trade rumors about Jake DeBrusque's offseason. I mean, you're going to hear every trade rumor in the book. Um, I could see him going to Western Canada, though, considering he's quite literally from Western Canada, um, Calgary, Edmonton. Was there something with Edmonton too? There was something um, with Edmonton. Did, uh, it was, but it was for like a horrible trade. Wasn't it like Zach Cassian or something like that? Is what I think it was. It was for it was for like a da- it felt like a downgrade. But there was yeah. a trade rumor involving him because there were a lot of trade rumors the Bruins were involved in last offseason. Remember there was Ekman Larson. Yep, that was the big one. And then like you could trade Rask to Arizona. Be a Kemper back in the deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, that whole thing. That whole thing. People were so excited about Oliver Ekman Larson. Well, I don't even know how he's doing this year. I 
I, mean, I don't expect he's doing anything crazy. Poor, uh, poor Arizona should have uh, sold off their assets when they had another another dumb dumb team that you have to see the writing on the wall. But they'll incredible. they'll probably trade Gollum this year now. Now that they've realized they messed up their last chance. We'll go to the uh, go to the Bruins. Uh, maybe Russ for uh, Garland straight up. Uh, that would be robbery. But yes, <laughs> that would be robbery. Anyways, uh, but yeah, I think with Rask. Uh, you know, I get, but again, the money can work. You can make the money work. You have space, as you said. So I don't think that this is like totally out of the realm of possibility. Um, and also the other, one other thing I think to remember is Krejci did say, and this was like 2014 when he said he wanted to finish his career in the check. Um, he hasn't really spoken much of sense. Now he was asked recently if he's been thinking about his contract. Obviously the answer was no, haven't been. Uh, that was the most critical thing in the world. David Krejci didn't. Didn't wax poetic during a uh, post-game press conference. You're going to be stunned to hear that he did not. Yeah. He did not go on a three-minute soliloquy about his uh, about his contract. He just said, nope, not thinking about it. I'm focused <laughs> on the team. and focused on winning. And that was that. Um, but that is crazy. That, that's yes, that's crazy that in a nutshell. That is David Krejci. You're not getting a lot out of him. And uh, maybe that's maybe he's just so locked in that he just, you know, that he's he's been so locked in that he just doesn't want to, He can't talk to anybody. Um, like on Spit and Chicklets, Pasternak mentioned the Barbie girl thing. And he mentioned how, like, uh, he had to go talk to the media. And obviously to us, he said, like, he's missing the Barbie girl song. But he said, like, oh, I had to go talk to the media. It was so sad. And I was like, damn, you really look upon, like, talking to us as a, a horrendous thing. And, I, you know, come on now. We're not that bad. Um, I mean, it was Barbie girl, though, so. And, no, in that case, I get it. You know, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be with the Randy Savage glasses jumping around a Barbie girl. I would. I'll admit it. I wouldn't want to talk to – I wouldn't want to talk to everybody else. I'd want to – be with the team, jamming to Barbie Girl. So I will give him that. Um, next topic. Uh, obviously, as we do every time a Bruins beat or any podcast is recorded, when there's a game that night, uh, we say this has been recorded before the Bruins play the Devils. So this has been recorded again before the Bruins play the Devils Monday night. We don't know if they clinched or not. They can clinch with a win uh, or a Rangers loss, I believe. Rangers right? loss, yeah. And you only need one point. That's all yeah. you need. You just need one point. So given history, you know, they're only two wins against the Devils are in shootouts. So just get to the shootout. And then you can put out, you know, just randos. You, you can throw Tuka Rask in the shootout. You could have him shoot. I mean, you just need a point. So it begs the question, is this a year to rest, guys? Or do you need to fight for to the for the best possible seating? Uh, I could see the Bruins kind of towing the line a little bit and keeping some guys in, but... Uh, especially I think maybe once you get to that, they should do it for that friggin' the last game against the Capitals. Screw that. Like, do not put any dudes in there for that last game because that's going to be, and of course you're going to get that narrative because I'm sure the, the four teams in the East are all going to be switching spots for the last week or so, right? I think it wouldn't be out of the wrong possibility that the Bruins are like a point out from like the Capitals for the number two seed, let's say, in that last game. At that point, uh, Screw it. Uh, I don't want you to roll out with guys that are going to get banged up right before the playoffs. So it's, it's like definitely... 17 feet away from the ice at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so it, Bruce Cassie kind of talked about that on, uh, on Sunday about how they are going to, you know, slowly when the opportunities are there, rest guys and the fact that, you know, seating and home ice even maybe not ha- doesn't have as much of an advantage as it does in years past. Um, so, so we'll see. I mean, there definitely is some perks to it. Like even when it's not like the bubble situation it was in last year, you still got a situation where 
I think it probably makes a world of a difference if you got home ice and you're spending more time at your actual house than like stuck in a hotel room still. There's still kind of that, that difference with it. So, um, I could see them kind of very much going game by game, kind of assessing the situation. Like it may, maybe in the last game, you have a spot where you've got, uh, like Halak in there and a few guys from the taxi squad. You got Greg McKegg scoring a hat trick against the Capitals yes. and, um, but we've also seen it backfire. We've seen, I think it was, uh, leading up to the 2019 Stanley Cup final or the Stanley Cup playoffs rather. I mean, the, the second to last game was that game in Minnesota where Kevin Miller blows out his knee. And so that's that. And he would have been very helpful during that, uh, that run against the, uh, the Blues. So, uh, definitely a tough situation. It's one of those ones you look back and it should have, could have, would have in terms of starting guys or not starting guys or if the Bruins get, bounced out of the first round we could be like oh they should have gotten home ice or if a guy gets hurt why'd you play him so it's all going to depend on just how the, the the chips fall so you're damned if you do damned if you don't so i could see them kind of uh trying to get the best of both worlds by you know a couple guys every single game kind of down the stretch here but if they're in a spot where they can strike against capitals then i think they'll keep it going until maybe that last game wasn't it uh, seventeen, eighteen, the end of that season when Carlo got injured at the very end of the season, yep. like he got the a, broke his broken uh, leg. Yeah, broken leg. Yes, that was. Yeah, was. I think I think that was the second to last game too. So maybe just and I think that was the Capitals, games. wasn't that the Capitals? It was, it was the Capitals. There you go. So let that be an omen. Keep that. Keep anyone who could possibly be impact uh, the playoffs at all out of that last game against the Capitals. Um, as as we currently record though, Penguins sitting first at seventy one points, Caps at uh, two at sixty nine. The Islanders in three with 67 and the Bruins in four with 66. So I think again, you, I, you know, that's all close. I mean, again, the difference between Pittsburgh and, and the Bruins right now is five points and that can easily change with a few more games left to play. So I, I, I think that, you know, you will see things jump around. I, I mean, remember I, I had the Bruins finishing third like a few weeks ago. We both had the Bruins finishing second. We both had the Flyers also finishing first at the beginning of the year. Um, so I'm not going to draw on those predictions, but. I think you had said that the Bruins would finish in second, or you thought that that would be where they would finish. I mean, they're playing well enough to be, I mean, they've probably been the best team in the East for the past month. So um, it is interesting how they just, I mean, I still cannot get over how much they did the 180, like how basically in the span of 20 minutes went from a team that looked like it could miss the playoffs to a team now that's like a cup contender. Um, and it's it's incredible how Mike Riley, Taylor Hall, Curtis Lazar all completely changed that. And I think, when we look back at this season, whatever the whatever the fate is, out in the first round, out in the second, winning the Stanley Cup, I think it's going to be like, damn, that was a trade deadline. If you can do that, if you can do a shell of that every year, you will be a much better team. Um, so it is incredible how they just did the 180 right there, right in front of our very eyes, right in front of our pessimistic eyes. Remember all the weeks we sat here just ragging on them, you know, because they just looked they're boring. And I remember one week I called them boring and people were like, you, you don't know Bruins hockey. You know, you, you, you should be, you should be happy. You know, they're contenders. Um, speaking of contenders before we, I, I wasn't even going to bring this up. I just kind of remembered this. Uh, I didn't have this planned at all, but I don't know if you saw this in the athletic, uh, Mark Lazarus, Lazarus. Um, he covers the Blackhawks for the athletic. He yes. wrote a piece. Uh, I believe it was last week kind of posing the question. I guess when you, when your team is out, 
you have to kind of, you have to get some interesting story ideas. And this was a pretty yes. cool, like, kind of a, a debate. This is a good, it's a good bar stool topic, a good, you know, topic to when you're sitting at the bar, having drinks with, with, with your guy friends, you know, you're sitting and you're just talking, talking sports. It's a good one of those topics, you know, one what, of those what's this, what's, the Jimmy, what's the Jimmy Cagney accent for, it's, you know, it's, about. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's relatable. It's a nice yeah. bar, bar stool conversations. Um, but this actually was, this is a good one. I, I like texted my friends about this. I was like, Oh, what do you guys think? But he basically posed a question. I don't know if you read this. Um, would you, since 2008, would you rather be a Blackhawks fan or a Bruins fan? Now, obviously people go, Oh, Blackhawks, because they won three Stanley Cups in five years and they were the best team in hockey for like five years. But then he also says, well, the Bruins were also one of the best teams in hockey every year, even in their rebuilding years of those two seasons, 14, 15, and 15, 16, they still had over 90 points. They were just outside of the playoffs. They weren't bad. They just weren't as good. But every year they've been buyers at the deadline. Every year they've been, you know, contenders pretty much. Every year there's been the hope that they could win a cup. They did once. They went two other times. Now you could make the case that it's extremely heartbreaking uh, being a Bruins fan. And I think that's, that's merited. A lot of Bruins fans, you know, every year they get their hopes up right now, right about now. And then they get <laughs> stabbed in the heart uh, come either, you know, late summer or mainly spring and summer. But it like I'm curious to this because I don't know. I mean, I think it's been we've been fortunate in this town that the Bruins have been so good for so long, and that you know they're always they have always been contenders because that wasn't how they always used to be. Um, and what do you think? Because I think you did you you read this? Yeah, uh, I'll take the three championships. I, yeah. I think the championships trump everything. I think you want to be the you want to be good every year and come up short. Congrats! In 20 years, you're the 90s Buffalo Bills. No one gives a shit about them. They're just oh, the San Jose line. Sharks. The San Jose yeah, Sharks. Yeah, you're, you're, you're literally just a punchline. That's, that's all you end up being. I'm sure to the fans. And, and I don't think teams, this Bruins team will be a punchline. I no, don't think this no, Bruins, no, no. They've, they've won a championship. They've, they're, that's what helps them out that during this whole run, this course still has a title. Like there, that's the biggest difference there. But I, I think you have to look at just, uh, the, the ultimate goal is just to win a title and to win three in five years and have the run that they had Chicago. I, I will take that over coming up just short every single time. Like, you know, it, was it, is it all worth it when, uh, great moments like, uh, you know, Tory Krug blowing up Robert Thomas, uh, Chara getting the standing ovation. It's all great moments, but it all means nothing at the end because he didn't win the yeah. championship. Greg Again, like- breaking his leg doesn't mean that you lost, you lost in that series. You, all these. Incredible moments. All of them are undercut by watching them again, being like, "Oh, that was awesome! I can't believe they fucking lost." Yeah, that, that's, that's oh, yeah. all that matters. No, it's true. I mean, you think about it, and we've said this a thousand times. If if the Bruins had beat the Blues, Char probably has the statue of the you know with us, you know, getting a standing ovation, or, or Krug has a statue they had on Robert Thomas. Like again, they, you know, all these Boston sports moments. You know, the Edelman catch in twenty eight to three would not have meant anything if they lost yep. the game. Yep. Uh, Kurt Schilling's bloody sock would mean nothing if they lost that series. Um, or they lose the World Series. I mean, imagine if like the, uh, this is always one of my favorite hypotheticals. If the Red Sox had, you know, beat the Yankees and, you know, come back from 3-0, beat the Yankees and then lost to the Cardinals in the World Series. It's like, well, it's incredible. Um, so I agree with you. I think again, the championships matter the most. I think in times like these, we do, I think people would err on the side of, oh, I'd rather be a Bruins fan just because like, you know, they're contending and the Blackhawks aren't. But I think when you get the feeling of three championships, and I mean, if just, from a reporter perspective to cover through Stanley cups in five years um, and to be around a team like that and covering a team like that, you know, that 
that's pretty big. I mean, that, that Blackhawks team lives, you know, among the best teams that have ever played in the NHL. Um, I don't know if the Bruins have one of those teams. I don't think they do. Um, uh, or at least, you know, in this run of the best teams of all time. Uh, but no, I, I think ultimately it's the championships, but I think it's an interesting hypothetical. It's an interesting hypothetical. It's interesting. Um, again, a possible conversation, but yes. anyways, before I let you go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, we're going to be start looking at uh, potential playoff matchups over at BSJ. So subscribe to bostonsportsjournal.com for all that good stuff as we get closer and closer to the postseason. And if you uh, want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. You will not regret it. For CLS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Brewersby listeners, have an amazing rest of your week. <laughs>